Welcome. We're glad you're here. Nothing like coming back and finding things not working. No, we are uh, excited to and be back together with you. How many, let me ask you this question. How many of you like getting gifts? Let me see your hands. Do you like getting a gift? We're going to talk about gifts this morning. In fact, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you bring them every Sunday, turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're, we've been focusing this summer on, um, on who the Holy Spirit is, the third, third part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, and how he relates into our lives. So if you turn me down just a little bit in this one, I'm, I'm feeling it's a little, little pop in there. Okay, thank you. And we've been talking about how we relate to him and how he works in us and through us. And I'm excited for the next few weeks because we're going we're gonna to kind of branch out of that a little bit, and we're going to talk about what it says in the Word about gifts that he wants to pour into our lives as believers to be a blessing to others. You know, we serve a giving God. Do you recognize that? He is so gracious to our lives. Everyone take a breath real quick. Do that. Just a, take a deep breath. You know, you know what? That's a gift from God. We, we, we minimalize some things, but we recognize he is the creator. Everything we have came from him. In fact, check this out. You don't need to turn there, but James 1, verse 16 and 17 says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That, you know, we, we talk about giving praise to God. Church, we can give praise to God every single moment of every single day because every good and perfect gift comes from him. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. He pours it out on us anyway because he is a giving God. And we're going to talk about the giver for the next couple of weeks, the giver of the gifts to us. So would you pray with me? And let's let God just speak into our lives. Father, thank you, God, that we can come and worship you. Thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate who you are, that you are the giver of life. There is nothing we have, God, that you've not blessed us with, God. There's, there's no peace, there's no joy, there, there's no relationship, God, that we can look and say, well, we deserve that, Lord, because we are human, and God, we, we mess up a lot. But Lord, you are faithful, and God, you're the giver of every good and perfect gift. So help us to open our hearts and our lives, and God, speak to us. God, let your word come alive in us today. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, Scripture is full of the, the nature and character of who God is. It speaks to not only what he's done for us, but what he is still doing in our lives today. John three sixteen. you, you see it at the sporting events. And you, you, I even picked it up in the World Cup. I actually saw the John three sixteen up in the stand somewhere. Who knew that soccer could be so much fun? Huh? I mean, come on, think about that. Justin, it's going to break your heart, but I've determined I like the last three minutes of a soccer game more than the last three minutes of NASCAR. Just saying, it's kind of exciting. And, and we see this scripture in so many places, but it speaks of that giving nature of God. For God so loved the world, that's you and I, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's Christianity 101 right there. It speaks of the fullness of what God did for us. He knew we needed forgiveness. He knew we needed that, that avenue to be reconciled to relationship with him, and he did the one thing that we would not do. He gave his one and only son so that we can put our faith in him. He gave his life on the cross, and because that we can be saved. And he gives us all that we need for life. In fact, in Luke chapter 11, I'm just going to throw some scriptures at you, take some notes here up front. In Luke chapter 11, he was talking about, in fact, it was in the passage of scripture we read where Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. And they were, they were asking questions, and the thought came, is God really a good God? Does he really give us what we ask? And in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, he said, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Church, we've been talking about being open to the work of the Holy Spirit. How much more does God want to pour out the the life of the Holy Spirit into each one of us? Even Jesus spoke to this in John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, verse 21, it says, Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, we've been talking since the end of May about the Holy Spirit. And the reason we've been doing that is, is we feel like that the Holy Spirit and the, and the work of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, is really uh, one that the church struggles with. Because in our humanity, you think about this, it's easy for us to relate to God the Father. How many of you have a father today? If you're not listening, I'm going to really know now. Because we all have a father, right? You may not call him dad or whatever or pops, but, you know, somebody had, had a chance, you know, someone was involved in us coming onto this earth. We have a father. So we can see God the father. In fact, we usually picture him as the grandpa, right, up on the throne with a big beard and the big belly and just kind of, kind of laughing all the time and distributing great things. And we, we understand God the father. We understand Jesus, because we've seen the movie, right? We know what he looks like. He's an Italian actor with his nice dark skin and long hair and six-pack abs. And we're like, yeah, that's Jesus. Man, we know him. We can get behind Jesus. But then we talk about the Holy Spirit, and we're like, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, time out. Holy what? And then it gets really freaky, because in some place in the Word, it calls him the Holy Ghost. And how many know we don't need no ghosts, right? We don't like ghosts. Ghosts freak you out. Ghosts are scary. But yet we've been talking about the Holy Spirit because we want to demystify uh, our, our misconception of him and we want to put him in the right place when it comes to our faith. Because really most people have the Holy Spirit in one of two places. If you're raised in most churches, you have the Holy Spirit up in the stained glass window still, that little dove hanging out up there, right? And we like to keep him there because he's safe when he's up in the stained glass. You don't have to worry about him. We talk about him once a year on Pentecost Sunday, and we put him back in the stained glass because, after all, we don't want to talk much about the Holy Spirit. And then there's others who, I believe, have the Holy Spirit in the doghouse because we've seen people do some pretty strange stuff who claim to know him and it kind of freaks us out, and because of that, we just assume not deal with him, so we put him in the doghouse, and my goal is, is to take him out of the stained glass and remove him from the doghouse because the Holy Spirit has a powerful work in you and I living lives that not only honor God, but are full lives that bless him and impact others. I, I've got to tell you, I have to admit, since we've started going back and really studying the Word together and talking more about the Holy Spirit, I, I have felt personally more direction from Him than I have in a long time. I have felt more empowered. I've experienced His gifts working in me as He's directing my life and correcting me and, and protecting me. Because truthfully, I have to be honest with you, part of this series came out of the fact that I realized uh, in my own personal study and prayer life that I'd put Him in the, in the doghouse. I had come to a point where when I had traveled the state as a consultant for three years preaching in Pentecostal churches all over the state, I came away going, I'm not sure I want that anymore. And I put the Holy Spirit in the doghouse. I said, I'll let you out when I want you. And I tell you, church, when you start limiting God, can I tell you you're in trouble? When, when you start limiting God, you start missing out on what he wants to do. Because, church, what we are and who we are as believers is not natural. None of us woke up one day and said, I think it's a good idea to be a Christian. I'm going to be a Christian because I want to be a good person, and I'll just hang out and have communion and go to church every Sunday because that's what good Christians do. 
No, every one of us who are believers in Jesus Christ had an encounter through the Holy Spirit to come to a place of faith that said, I need him, and I'm going to trust what he did on the cross that I didn't get to see except in the movies, and I'm going to believe that it's real, and because of that, I was saved, and now I have everlasting life with the Lord. You see, the Holy Spirit is integral to our salvation. The Holy Spirit is integral to our witness and our faith. A friend of mine, Michael Santiago, who pastors Focus Church up in, up in Apex, y'all may have remembered him, he spoke with, here right before he planted his church, skinny jean guys, rings a bell, some of you, and uh, Michael posted something the other day and it made so much sense, he said the Holy Spirit is not an upgrade that you can choose whether you want or not. He says the Holy Spirit is a feature that you just forgot you had. Oh, that's pretty good. It's a feature we forgot we had. It's a feature that's powerful. But we've got to learn to let him work in our lives. You see, God gave us the Holy Spirit as a gift who leads us into all truth. He's the teacher, the helper, the comforter, the friend, the advocate, the one who empowers us for witness, and he's also the giver of spiritual gifts. And that's what we're going to talk about the next few weeks is what are those spiritual gifts and how does God want to flow them through us? And you may say, well, Mike, how's that going to help me? Because I'm just trying to get through life right now. Can I tell you this? When you make yourself available to God, and you make yourself available to the Holy Spirit, what you're doing is you're saying, you know these problems I've got, God? I'm going to trust you to take care of those. Because my mission is to help somebody else. My mission is to be a blessing to somebody else. Because when you start blessing other people, and you start ministering to other people, your problems get very, very, very small. Why? Because God's got them. But when they're the whole focus of your life, and the only reason you're pursuing God is somehow to get you out of your mess, can I tell you something? You're going to stay in that mess longer than you need to. Because your focus is on you instead of on God and on those he wants to reach through you. So as we teach this series, it's really about being open to God and letting God work through us to be a blessing to others. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, you thought we'd never get there. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 7 is really where Paul, uh, one of the early leaders in the church, had a radical encounter with God. Uh, God saved him from being a murderer being someone who was persecuting the church. He wrote most of the New Testament under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Paul addresses what is called the gifts of the Spirit uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through chapter 14. And we're going to talk about those three chapters these next few weeks. But we're going to begin today by looking at what is a gift of the Spirit. So let's read this. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. How many in your Bibles does it say ignorant? Does anybody have that in your Bibles? Right. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this. I want you to understand what's going on about the Holy Spirit. He says, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. You worship the things of the world, in other words. You kind of put your faith in things that had no power. He says, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. What Paul was dealing with is they were in a very mystical uh, society. Corinth was a town where anything, anything goes. Uh, there, the temple of Aphrodite was there. If you remember back to school, studying Greek history, pretty much the idols were sex and money in Corinth. Kind of sounds like Charlotte, North Carolina, doesn't it, right? Or anywhere else in the U.S. But they live in this mystical time. There's a lot of people claiming that they had the right way or the right path, and they would, they would kind of get in that, that supernatural uh, in the flesh to try to make things happen. He says, listen, nobody, nobody can be led by the Holy Spirit and say Jesus is cursed. 
nobody. He says, in fact, no one can say Jesus is Lord, really, unless the Holy Spirit's working in their lives. And then he goes to start explaining these spiritual gifts. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the what? The common good. Now, listen, we, we like gifts. We, we, we said that earlier. And really, we understand gifts, don't we? Because gifts are given to us by people who love us, right? They're, they're given to us by people who, who know us. You don't earn a gift. You don't, you don't struggle to receive a gift. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't be a gift if you did. But for some reason, the idea of the Holy Spirit giving gifts to us causes confusion among a lot of people. In fact, it really freaks some people out. And I I hope we can demystify that because I think there's a powerful thing God's wanting to do in us today if we are open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In this passage of Scripture, Paul was talking to these these Gentile converts. They they weren't Jews. They were were converted. They were Gentiles. They had come into the the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They'd been saved. Uh, They'd been baptized. They received the Holy Spirit. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But they were struggling with these things called gifts of the Spirit because they really didn't know how to how to use them or how to operate in them to be a blessing to others. In fact, when you read 1 Corinthians 14 later, you find out they kind of did a pretty bad job about it. They were really messing people up. And Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. There is something powerful that God wants to do in you and through you. But if you don't understand it, you'll misuse it. You'll become prideful, and you'll take all the glory away from God. So that's what we're going to focus on these next two weeks because I really want us to get to that point where Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, that we should follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So, so let's jump in today. Today's going to be a little introductory, so take some notes, and then we're going to build on it for the next couple of weeks. So we're going to begin with this morning, really, what are, what are, the, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What, what are the gifts that He wants to bring into our life? Now, now we're going we're to talk about the word gift because we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for a while. We've defined him. But let's define the word gifts for just a moment. In the Greek, it's a word charisma or charismatic. It's where, or charismata, it's where we get our, our word charisma. Uh, there are some Christians who are called charismatics uh, because they believe in the work of the Holy Spirit and the gifts operating today. But really, that word charisma or charismata simply means grace gift. Grace gift. You say, Mike, that's kind of redundant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Because if, if a gift is not a grace gift, it's not a gift at all. Because grace is what? It's that undeserved favor that we get from God. It's what he pours out into our lives when he forgives us of our sins. It's that grace that saves us because none of us can claim we were good enough for God. None of us can say, I've been a good boy or a good girl, and, and God just had to save me because I'm so good. No, the reality is most of us really blew it in life and, and continue to blow it sometimes, but yet he pours his grace, his unmerited favor on us, and he forgives us of our sins, and he builds us up in the Holy Spirit who gives us grace gifts, gifts that we don't deserve, we don't earn, and we don't strive for any at all. Listen, the word charismata. It reinforces this truth that I think is so important for us today, and that is this, we serve a loving God. We serve a giving God 
who doesn't look down and say, oh, they deserve me today. I'm going to bless them. But, oh, man, yesterday they were, they were a mess. I'm not even going to be around them. No, he, he comes out of his grace and his love for us. And he gives us gifts simply because he loves us and because he is good. So we have these grace gifts brought to us. But for a gift to be fully realized, we have to receive it. I mean, what, what good's a gift if you don't receive it? Be like your grandma, you know, like when you're married, like, oh, I bought this gift for you when you were 12. It's been sitting in the corner. I never gave it to you. Well, what good was that gift, right? I mean, it's just been sitting in a corner somewhere. It's not a gift until you open it and you get to enjoy it and use it. You see, we've emphasized the fact that the transformative power of the Holy Spirit is awesome. It's enormous. But his power will only be operating in our lives to the degree that we open our lives to him. We allow him to change us. Listen, having the Holy Spirit's power and gifts available to us isn't the same as making ourselves available to the Holy Spirit and to his life-changing power. We've got to receive something. We've got to yield to him. We've got to, we've got to let our stubborn, selfish pride submit to him and receive what he wants to bring into our lives. So, so what are these gifts? What do they look like? How do we receive them? It's going to be on the screen, but this is my definition here. The charismata or charisma, it is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the benefit or edification of others. I want to say that again. We're going to build off of that this morning. I'm not going to apologize. This feels like we've gone to school today, okay? But we need a little teaching to understand what I think God's doing in us. Charisma is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the benefit of others. Now, now let's break this down. Let's focus, first of all, any believer. Any believer. Church, the supernatural enablement, which we call the gifts of the Spirit, is not reserved for people who are in full-time ministry or we think are super spiritual somehow, right? They're, they're not reserved for an elite core. They're not reserved for a, a super, super spiritual few, They're they're not a job description of a pastor. They are given to all believers who open themselves up for God to do something supernatural through them to be a blessing to others. I don't know about you, but that, that sounds pretty good. That God would actually know me, love me, care about me, and trust me that what he puts in my life would become a blessing to somebody else. That's what a gift of the Spirit does. And they are given because, because he wants to use us to, to lead others to know Christ. So let's, let's break it down a little further. Check it out in verse 4 through 6. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now, let me just kind of parse it out here a little bit. I feel, like, I feel like Professor Mike today. You'll have to forgive me. But I, I, there's, just, there's some things I've learned over the years, and that is we, we can confuse the heck out of each other if we don't take time and just explain some things, all right? So, so listen, listen for just a second. There are different gifts, okay? There, there are different things the Holy Spirit wants to work in us. There's different ways he wants to use us. But it's the same Spirit that distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So when we see these gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're seeing this as coming from the Father, the loving God who created us and knows us and loves us. It's coming from the same place. But what it speaks about is there are different ways. He is, he is ultimately creative. There are different avenues that he can use 
to, to wake someone up to him, to minister to their lives, to help them in their brokenness. And he says there's different kind of workings even. And that word working, literally in the Greek, it's, it, it's a word that, and I can't pronounce this, I'm not even going to try, okay? It means, it means outcome or, or that which is produced. So if you, what Paul was saying is, he says, when you allow a spiritual gift to operate in ministry, you get a powerful result that honors God and blesses others. When, when you allow a gift of the Holy Spirit to operate in ministry, you get a powerful result, and that result is clear in verse 7, and that is to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given, what? For the common good. Now, I, I grew up in this. I, I've shared with you many times before. I, I grew up in a little Pentecostal church outside of Houston, Texas, and Katie, Katie Assembly of God, record attendance of 70. We fed people that day. It was awesome. And, uh, and in that church, I learned a lot about a supernatural God. And I thank him for that. I thank him for that experience. I also learned a lot about how people mess up the experience of a supernatural God. And, and because of that, I'm very sensitive to saying, God, what is real, God, we want to make sure everybody understands. And we want, we want to make sure it's functioning today in people's lives. Because can I tell you, church, we live in a day where people's needs are not met by our physical abilities any longer. We live in a day where the brokenness is so deep in people's lives. And the opposition is so great to the gospel message that, that we need supernatural enablement for us to minister to others. I believe with all my heart that God is stirring something in the church. I, I told you I've been talking to friends around the country, and I, I went out to the experiment. I started going out to other churches and just kind of checking their podcasts out and what's happening right now. And it's amazing how many are teaching on the Holy Spirit right now at the same time across our nation. And I believe it's because our nation's in a world of hurt. And I really believe that God loves us enough that he is still pouring out his spirit on those who seek him, and he is still wanting to reveal himself to those who are lost. And to do so, he wants to do it through us. So, so why does he give these gifts to us? So that we can be a benefit for others, so we can release them to others. Listen, he says every one of them, see, each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Each one of us can be a recipient of the spiritual gifts at various times and places if we are born again. If we've been open to the Lord, if we've, been, if we've been ones who've received his Holy Spirit and been open to him working in us, then we become a candidate that the gifts of the Spirit can work through. And it's for the profit of all. Now, now here's where I want to hone in, okay? And then we're going to wrap this up this morning because I want to start very clearly understanding the difference between being gifted and receiving a gift. How many people think you're gifted? Boy, we are a, I'm going to have to do a talk on self-esteem in this place. How many believe you're gifted? Come on, right? Your kids are like, nah, dad's not gifted. I mean, you know, he can cook. That's about it. Grunts a lot, you know, hey. They were gifted. Come on. Every single one of us. When we are saved, we are created, God puts gifts in our lives. Some of you are naturally merciful. That is a gift, right, from God. Some of you have no mercy at all. You need other gifts operating, right, like love in your life. And, uh, and some of you are gifted with helps. Your, your, your greatest thing is, man, you just want to serve. You want to help people. That's a spiritual gift. God designed you that way. God wired you that way. There are some of you that are, that are teachers. It, it becomes natural. You just want to teach people the Word of God. That's, that's something that God put in my life. I want to be able to take the Word of God and teach it in a way that people can understand it. That is a spiritual gift. God wired me that way. I will always be wired that way, right? 
If you are merciful, you will always be merciful. If you're not merciful, we're praying for you. But if you're not merciful, God gives you offsetting gifts that are good, right? And and we, we know what it means to be gifted. But this is different. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not about you being gifted. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are about Him being God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and pouring through you a gift in a season for a moment that is needed to open up someone else's life to God. You see, we... We think we own gifts, and and we do when there are the gifts that God wired into us. You can go on our website. We have a gift analysis. You can go on there and type in things about you, answer like 90 questions, and and we have a 201 class, WIT teaches, and it kind of helps you understand how you're wired. You know, it's like this. We don't want you greeting at the door if you don't have a little hospitality in your life, okay? We, we don't want you singing if, like, music is nowhere found on your chart whatsoever, okay? We, we don't want you trying to teach if you can't even explain how to open the car door when you leave this place, all right? So we, we want you to understand how you're wired, what God has put in you, what your personality is. You can have fun with this. We did it as a lead team, David and Matt and some of us, and and when they got mine, I think Witt got a little scared of me a little bit. He, he saw my personality. He's like, and you're a pastor? Because uh, it's like, wow. Because my, my gifts, the way I'm wired, they're, they're, they're more of the leadership gifts. They're kind of low on compassion and mercy. Sorry. Um, that, that's not, you know, I'm not a touchy-feely guy. But, but I'm one that says, I will find someone that will minister to you and be merciful and gracious to you because we all need that. It's just probably not going to be me, okay? Uh, we, we need to understand that about ourselves so that we can operate as who we are. And those are important. But there's this other thing over here, this other side that's called gifts of the Holy Spirit that we weren't wired for. In fact, you will find that people that operate in these gifts will tell you that it's sometimes outside of their personality, and it's kind of kind of freaks them out a little bit because they really don't see themselves operating in that way, but that's why they're supernatural and not natural. And when they function, they are powerful because they break through barriers that allow us to open our hearts and lives up to God. So we've got to understand a little differentiation about those gifts. You're going to take that survey in the website, and you're going to learn a lot about yourself. But that doesn't say anything about whether you can be used by God through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because the reality is we all can if we are open and we let God work in us. So we have to understand how he brings them about. What do they look like? Let's, let's read about them this morning in the time we've got, and let's, let's wrap this up on a, on a thought for the day. And, and going further in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8, he lists these gifts that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. He says, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of the healing by that one Spirit. Have you gotten the point that it all comes from the Spirit yet? You know, by the same Spirit, by the same Spirit, by the same Spirit, by the one Spirit. Verse 10, to another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Now, we're going to start breaking those out next week, and we're going to talk about what a word of knowledge looks like or what a word of wisdom looks like or what prophecy looks like or faith today. But, but today, what I want you to see is this. Most people don't understand that, that part where it says he gives them or distributes them just as he determines. Most of us think about it this way. It's like God's looking over hope one day and says, I like Sam. Sam sings real well. 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed by Sam. Sam just got back from Uganda, one of our students from Appalachian State. If you can be a Christian in Appalachian State, bless you. Awesome. If you can be a Christian in any college, bless you. Awesome. Keep going. Uh, but, uh, but God would look and say, you know what? I'm going to give Sam the gift of the word of knowledge. And so most of us would think then, well, then Sam's going to always have the gift of the word of knowledge. We're just going to look to her and say, what's up, Sam? She's going to give us the word of knowledge. But that's not how it works. We, we think it'd be in the same way. He would look over and he'd say, I want to give Justin, I'm going to give Justin the, let's see, let's give Justin the, the gift of faith. And, uh, and we can look and say, Justin's going to always operate in that gift of faith. But that's not, not what he means when he says he distributes them as he wills or as he desires. You see, we don't own the gift. I have people say, oh, I'm a faith, you know, I'm, I'm a person who, who works in miracles. I, I'm just a miraculous person, and I, I'm always going to be that way. No, God will work through a person from time to time to perform a miracle because he wants the glory to go to God. Or God will work from a person from time to time to, to heal somebody because the glory goes to God. You see, the assumption is the Holy Spirit assigns gifts to us, and they're, there, they're ours to play with for the rest of our lives. But that's not it. You see, the key to the gifts of the Holy Spirit is availability. It's being willing for God to use whatever gift he wants in whatever place he wants through whoever he wants so that someone else will have a breakthrough and come to know Jesus Christ. Look at it in verse 11. It says, all these are the work of the one and same Spirit. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. You see, when you're baptized... In salvation, you're, you're claiming, I am a believer. I have left the past. I am the, not the same person anymore. And then when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you receive, an, you receive not only an empowerment, but an openness that says, God, work through me however you want. Work in my life however you want so that others will come to know who you are. I look back over my life, and through the years, there have been different times where, where I've seen many of these gifts of the Spirit happen in my life. And I can tell you this, I wasn't trying to make them happen. I wasn't looking for them to happen. But every time there was one common thing, someone else got ministered to, and they were blessed, and they were led closer to Christ because of it. You say, Mike, you're freaking us out. This sounds a little weird. I think some things about a supernatural God ought to be a little weird, don't you? He's not a man like us. Amen. Praise God. He doesn't get old. He doesn't get forgetful. He doesn't change like shifting sand. He, he, he doesn't go with his emotions. He is always God, but he is supernatural, and he is still working supernaturally. You see, Paul put it this way later in this same letter in chapter 14. He says, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together? So when we come as a, as a gathering like we do, he says, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation, but everything must be done so the church may be built up. What he's saying is, listen, he wants to operate through all of us who name him as as our Savior and Lord. He wants wants us to be available to help others come to know him. I can can think back to different times where I've seen this happening, and it's all about availability. It's all about desire, eagerly desire. It's saying, God, I want to be used by you. God, I want to be a blessing to someone else. God, I, I I want to know that, Lord, you're using my life for more than just sucking up oxygen on this earth and raising kids. God, that I can be used for someone else to come to know you as their Savior and Lord. Because we, we sometimes think that's only for special people, but God wants to use all of us. I remember in a meeting one time with a friend of mine, we were, we were interviewing a, a man who, who wanted to be a pastor, and, 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 you know, there was just this 
exchange of information going back and forth. And, and I was pretty young at the time. I'm just watching this thing. It's like a tennis match. You know, people are asking questions. He's going back and forth. And all of a sudden, one of my friends over here stops and says, Sir, I, be- I believe that deep inside you have an anger issue that is destroying your life. And, I mean, all of our heads snapped around. We're like, whoa, where did that come from? That's a little out of left field. And the guy just goes on and says, I believe that you were broken down by a father who was always angry at you. And he just starts going down this guy's list. And all of a sudden, this pastor just starts breaking down and crying and weeping. And the next thing I know, we're ministering to this guy for like an hour and a half, restoring his life. You see, what was happening was this. He was trying to be something that was not whole. And God, through a gift of the Holy Spirit, through an available servant, began to speak into this guy's life and reveal some things, and not to hurt him, but to make him whole. I'm so glad that happened because I still know this guy, and he's a successful and and fruitful minister today. But I believe this, if that had not happened, he'd have gone into ministry holding this anger and this brokenness inside of him that one day would have just blown up and destroyed everything around him that God wanted to build. You see, God loved him enough to work through an available servant so that he may be set free. Guys, this happened in my own life. I've shared this story. I've shared this story multiple times where I wanted to quit ministry. I was done. You'd be looking at lawyer Mike Field right now. That's more my wiring anyway. I I think it'd probably work well. But I was so broken over my first church and, and how some things went down that I was just giving up and how God used a little Methodist lady who was about 90 years old, to stick her little finger up my face, shaking one day, and, and for like 10 minutes going, you think this, but God wants you to know. And she began to read my book, Word of Knowledge. She knew something about me. There was no way she could know. She knew details about me. There was no way she could know. But you know what it did in my life? It's like a bomb exploded in my spirit that says this, God, you still love me, and you're not done with me, and I'm not about to give up and walk away from what you called me to do. It restored my life. You see, we don't like things we can't control. Let's be honest. We don't like things we can't control. I don't like things we can't control. But church, I don't want to control God. And I want God to be fully God. And if he has to come alongside of someone that's going through a hard time and use someone else to speak to their life, I will tell you, God will do that. It happens in me now with some of my church planters. There'll be things they're going through, and, and they call me, and they want counsel or whatever. And, and I'll be honest, you know, I'm, I'm like the old country song. I'm not as good as I once was. You know, there's a lot of things that I'm like, I'm forgetting. And, uh, and they're asking questions, and I'd like to think, you know, they think I'm some expert. And I'm like, oh, I, boy, I don't know. But I'm praying, and, and the whole time, and all of a sudden, there's been times I've spoken, and it is a word of wisdom. It, it, just, it just lands, and they're like, that's what I needed. That's what we were missing. That's what's going on. Thank you, Mike. And I'm walking off going, I have no idea where that came from. That, that, that was God because I'm not that good. And God is good, and God loves them, and he wants to bless them. You see, the whole thing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit are this. They are for all of us. They are to be used in ministry to others, and they are available if we are available. And church, that's the key. You can... You can keep the Holy Spirit in the stained glass if you want to. And I think there's going to be a lot of people miss out on a blessing of your life because you haven't opened yourself up to him. You can keep him in the doghouse if you want to and say, I'm not going there. 
But again, I believe there are many people that God is going to bring across your path that he wants to use you to bless them or a church or a ministry that he, God wants to use you to bless. But you've got to be available because God empowers us to impact others. It's not so we can sit around and call ourselves a, a, a charismatic, a Pentecostal, anything else. It's so that we can be full believers in Christ who are ready to receive what he has for us so that we can be a blessing to others around us. I read this the other day in all, of all places in the Charlotte Observer. It's a great source of great spiritual reality, yeah. Uh, but anyway, read the religion page someday. It'll mess you up. But anyway, that's why we don't advertise in it. Um, they, there was a story they were telling about a, a lady who had passed away. And, and the, the big premise of the story was simply this. She was one who lived for God to work through her. She was one who lived for God to work through her. And, and you know, guys, that's, that's really what salvation should lead to. We are forgiven from so that we can be a blessing toward. We we're forgiven from our past, our sins, so we can be a blessing toward in the future. We can bless others. And, and here's, here's the rub. The longer we are Christian, the longer we are churched, we kind of forget that. And we either live on one side of that equation or the other. We either live in the past where the whole time we're trying to just get over our sins. And we drag ourselves to church. We drag ourselves to prayer. It's like, oh, God, here I am again. I'm still messed up. We forget that he forgave us. And we've been forgiven from so that we can now be a blessing toward. And I really believe this series is for some of you to be set free from the past. And stop living in that, I'm just trying to be a better me. You see, guys, God has forgiven you your sins. He, is, he has brought you into new life. He has released you from the condemnation of your past. He has set you free to become a blessing to others. But the more you're back here trying to correct the past, you're not blessing anybody. All you're trying to do is make yourself feel good. You need to give that to God. Because I found that one of the most healing things you can do in life is to be a blessing to others. Begin to minister to others. Begin to pray, God, today, Lord, when I go to the workplace, God, when I go to the school, when I go to even in my home, God, Father, today, would you use me to be a blessing to somebody else? God, would you entrust me with a word to speak to somebody that's going to light up their life for you? God, would you trust me when I come to church that, Lord, I'm not just going to sit and take and take and take, but, God, I'm going to, I'm going to be a blessing to someone else. I'm going to use my gifts, God, and I'm going to let you flow gifts through me, God, so that someone else have a greater knowledge of you. You see, it all turns when we give our heart to Christ from it's all about me to now it's all about him. And when it's all about him, we've got to remember this. God so loved the world that he gave, and he keeps giving, he keeps giving, and he wants to give through you and I. At the end of that article, in the Observer, they, they, they basically read 1 Corinthians 12 about using your gifts. And then they wrote this, and I just I want to put this up on the screen. I thought it was so powerful. And it, it came from a, from a poet, uh, an Indian poet. They didn't give him any more credit than that, an Indian poet. But I love what it says. It says, when you were born, you cried, and the world rejoiced. Live your life in such a manner that when you die, the world cries, and you rejoice. I've never gotten blessed out of the observer before, but I was amen in that. I was like, that's awesome. 
Because when you live your life available to God to be a blessing to others, this world will know you walked here. And you won't just be a stone somewhere saying that you existed. So here's what I want us to do. I want you to stand this morning. We're going to pray. I mentioned Sam earlier. She's going to sing a song for us that you just, I just want you to get this into your head, your spirit today. It's powerful. I've learned to live in the tension that I don't have to understand everything God is doing to follow Him. I've learned to live in the tension that says I can trust Him even when I don't understand Him. And I know what it feels like when God wants to operate a a gift of the Holy Spirit through you and and your natural flesh goes, (laughs) oh man, there is so much room for messing this up. I don't don't know. I I don't want to do this. But I know what it is to trust Him and let God flow it through me and see someone else's life light up. Guys, that's what I want for us as a church. We're not trying to put ourselves in any kind of a category of a certain type of church. We just want to be Christians. We want to believe the Word of God was true when it was given, and it's still true today. We want to believe that when He says God does things in us and through us, He still does them today. I, I, I had one last little bit of story. We're going to pray. Because I had this happen last week, and it, it just was like God was saying, yes, that's why you're teaching this. I've shared with you before that I have two brothers and a sister. We were raised to know God. We were raised in a godly family. I have one brother that just kind of went astray. and He's a good man, loving to death, but just never will submit his heart to God. And spiritual conversations are hard. They're just, how many know families the hardest ones to talk to? Do you, do you agree with that? It's hard. You know, those of you that are part of Hope, you know I'm walking through this thing with my mom and dad right now, with her having Alzheimer's and dad and not having good health, and I was back home with them. And we're having to have these hard conversations, and we came to a point where we needed to have a hard conversation with my dad about end-of-life decisions. <laughs> That's when you wake up and go, yeah, I'm looking forward to that today. And here's what my brothers do. They're like, Mike, you're the preacher. It's on you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I called my dad up, and I'm like, I don't know how to have this conversation. I don't know. I'm talking about his wife here. How do I tell him I know anything? And I prayed very simply. I said, God, use me. And when I got in the conversation with my dad, this word of wisdom came that resonated with my dad. And he, he said, I've never thought of it that way. And he goes, you're right. And it changed something. But here, here's the cool thing. I call my brothers back up. Hey, just want to tell you what happened. And I start relating the conversation. And my, my older brother, who's not submitted his life to God, goes, tell me more about that. And we got to have about a 40-minute dynamic conversation on the goodness of God that I could have never orchestrated in myself at all. And I had tears. And I got off the phone. I'm not telling you. got on his knees and prayed. I'm just saying there was a breakthrough. And I'm believing God to carry it out because God is good. The church, it all comes when we are available. It says, Lord, use me. So I just want to pray over you this morning. Would you just bow your heads? And we're going to ask Sam to sing this song. But right now, just my, my prayer for you today is this. Make yourself available to God. 
If you're here today and you've never made yourself available to him as a child coming home saying, I'm coming back to you, God. I want to know you and, and receive what your son Jesus did for me on the cross. It's what we call salvation in the church. If, if you've never done that, then that is the greatest availability you can make to him is that is acknowledging that he is your creator, that he loves you, that he gave his son for you, and he wants you to know him in relationship. And that comes through knowing his son, Jesus Christ. I'd ask you this morning, if that's you, while we're, while we're praying in just a moment, just to ask the Lord. Just pray. Speak it out, just like in a conversation hymn. And ask Him to be your Lord. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin. Ask Him to restore you. And acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And the Word says He will forgive you, He will cleanse you, He will make you new. That's salvation. But for others, maybe, maybe that availability is just coming back to Him. And just saying, God, I've, I've gone astray. I've kind of put you in the corner. I've, I've been angry at you. Lord, I just want to be available to you today. So do in my life what you will. God, work in me. Cleanse me. Heal me. You know, he'll do just that. And for others, it may be that God's been pushing you a little bit to become more available to him. Maybe today's the day you say, Lord, I want to be used of you. And Lord, that means open my life to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'll do that. Whatever that is, God. Use me, Father. Lord, I pray that over your people today. God, as we prepare to respond to you, God, let this song get into our hearts. God, even as we move out in a moment, God, and we, we, we come and maybe we receive prayer from one of the pastors, God, that will be at the front, Father. Lord, let that be a step of availability to saying, God, we, we need what you have for us, and we want someone to agree with us today to do that. God, maybe it's by coming to communion where we celebrate the body and the blood of Christ. God, let us do it in a new way today, God. Not, not physically, God, but in our spirit, recognizing, Lord, we, we have nothing, Lord, if it doesn't come from you. You're the giver of every good and perfect gift. God, even if it's our giving, Father, maybe we've been, God, not following you in obedience. And, God, we've been hoarding and saying, God, it's all ours. And, God, we forget that, Lord, everything comes from you. God, we want to honor you in our giving today. Whatever that may mean, God, guide us, lead us. And most of all, be glorified through us. In Jesus' name, amen.